<laughs> Hello, hey and welcome to Waffle Free Storytelling. It's Tina Constant here. And as always, the jibber jabber is right at the end, which means we're jumping right into today's story, which is called The Gambali Curse. <laughs> now, there is a place way up north that you have probably not heard of. It's called Gambali Cove. It was a fishing village named after the most famous and successful family of the time. It was busy and bustling and full of people passionate and excited about the sea. No matter what the weather, the people of Gambali Cove would leap into their small boats, they would push out into the big blue and go after the wildest catch they could. The most adventurous of these fishermen were the Gambali family themselves. These boys and men were the wildest of fishermen. Their catch was always the biggest and the brightest and the one that fed most of the villagers in the area. Nasta was the youngest of the Gambali clan. She was the sister. Born last, born small, but born with all the Gambali passion for the sea. <laughs> she grew up watching her brothers go out and grab the biggest catch. And all she wanted to do was to join them. All she ever wanted was to fish. But her brothers always laughed and they had some reason why she couldn't. She was either too small or too weak or too loud or too soft or too short. Ah, the excuses went on. But Nasta was never put off. She took every reason they gave and she fought it. If they said she was too weak, she would grow strong. If they said she didn't have the skill, she got good. The only thing she couldn't control <laughs> was her height, which meant this was her brother's biggest reason why she couldn't fish. When you're tall enough to get into the boat unaided, <laughs> they would say and laugh as they did, then you can fish. Well... It was on Nasta's twelfth birthday that she got tall enough and strong enough to climb into that boat unaided. Her brothers shook their heads, shoved her to the back, and told her to clean the catch as it came in, and to make the tea. <laughs> Nasta was at first confused then frustrated, and then she got angry. The further they got out to sea, the angrier she got. But no matter what she said or did, her brothers cast their lines and ignored her. All they did was throw every fish they caught to the back of the boat and told her to clean it. This was how it was on that first trip and on the third, and on the hundredth. Nasta knew her brothers hoped that she would give up and stay on the shore, but she refused. 
Every day they took the boat out, she was there. And every time she was shoved to the back of the boat, her frustration grew strong. Three years later, on her 15th birthday, Nasta woke with a new level of determination. This was the day. This was the day she would fish. She would show them what she could do. This was the day she would stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder with her brothers. She had been practicing all her life. Just by looking at the water, she could tell not only that fish were there, but what type and how many. On that day, Nasta kept her peace as they launched from the shore. She held her tongue as they rowed out beyond the waves. But as soon as they reached the deep blue, she took a line, and before her brothers could stop her, she cast it out far and strong. Her brothers stared as she handled that line like an age-old professional. They gasped as a fish caught the hook. <laughs> and then they laughed <laughs> when they saw that the fish Nasta had caught was a great white, and it was not letting go. While her brothers watched, Nasta fought that shark. She didn't let go. She didn't give an inch. The shark was huge. The shark was strong. And when Nasta called for help, her brothers crossed their arms and refused. Now this confused Nasta. Any time one of her brothers had such a catch, all the others would drop everything they did and came to help, but not for Nasta. With bleeding hands and a breaking heart, Nasta still refused to quit. Even when that shark jerked and thrashed and finally dragged her overboard. The brothers stared into the water waiting for Nasta to surface. They waited all afternoon. By sunset, they began to plan what they would say when they got home. I mean, they didn't mean for any harm to come to her. They just wanted to teach her a lesson, that's all. Even so, they needed a story. So they concocted a tale about how Nasta had been sitting at the back of the boat, doing what she was told, when a great wave washed over and took her. There was nothing they could do. With the story rehearsed, they returned to shore. And they told that story well. They had tears in their eyes. They cried and they wept as they described the great wave in all its fury. And the people believed them. Why wouldn't they? Accidents happened at sea. And so it was that the village mourned the passing of Nasta. And after just one week, the brothers once again went out to fish. Now the skies were clear when they left the shore, 
But by the time they got out to sea, a storm had brewed. The waves swelled and the winds howled. Despite the wild waters, they cast their lines. But no matter what they did, they didn't get a single bite. It was the same the next day and the next and the one after that. None of them could understand why. Not in all the history of Kambali Cove had this ever happened. It was in a gloomy bar one night when the whispers began. It's the Kambali curse, they said. What really happened the day Nasta died? After a year and not a single catch, the people of Gambali Cove turned from fishing to farming. It wasn't a choice, it was a necessity. Every time anyone from the village took to sea, the violent storms pushed them back, and news of the Gambali curse spread. Under that cloud, years passed. The brothers got married, they had children, those children married and they had children. And by then, talk of the Gambali curse had become a folktale. And the people of Gambali Cove were dedicated farmers. It was at that time that a new child was born. She was strong and determined and passionate and full of fire. <laughs> oh, she was told, you are just like your great aunt Nasta. <laughs> and so it was that this child named Amalie grew up hearing stories about Nasta and how she was lost at sea. As with all great stories, they were a little exaggerated. <laughs> bits were added and bits were changed. But still, Nasta began to feel like someone Amelie would like to know. Day after day, Amelie would sit on the beach beside the rotting carcasses of those old fishing boats and wonder about Nasta. Now, maybe it was the sunshine, maybe because the sea looked so calm, but Amelie couldn't resist. It was her twelfth birthday after all, and she wanted nothing more than to head out to that big blue. So with her family on the farm, she pulled out an old boat, clambered on, and pushed out into the waves. No sooner had she lost sight of land when the waters began to rage. The winds howled, the waves crashed, the ocean boiled. With nothing to do but hold on and hope, Emily closed her eyes and held her breath as a wave tossed the boat, throwing her overboard. With the water Closing over her, Amelie sent out silent screams, begging Nasta to save her. But the Gambali curse was too strong, and Amelie was pulled deep to the ocean floor. With her lungs 
burning and panic rising in her chest, Amelie finally opened her eyes, searching for anything she could use to pull herself back to the surface. All she saw was barren ocean floor and bare white bones. With the last of her breath, Amelie gathered those bones and kicked and swam as hard as her small body would allow until finally she broke the surface and the tide turned forgiving and washed her back to shore. When she got there, the entire village was waiting, terrified that they'd have to bury yet another child. And no one was more surprised than the brothers to see what Amelie was carrying. With Nasta's bones stretched out on the beach, the brothers finally told the truth about how she died. While they spoke, the village listened. And while they listened, Amelie pulled out a small, sharp knife, picked up a bone, and started to carve. By the time the whole story about Nasta's life was told, Amelie was done. And at her feet, instead of bleached ocean-weary bones, were hooks, each one sharper than the last. Without speaking, Amelie gathered them all and pointed to the last boat on the beach. Nasta's brothers, weeping and full of shame, clambered on. They were ready to pay the price. They were ready to let Nasta take them. They were ready to die. Amelie pushed the boat out and they rowed far out to sea, beyond the cove, beyond the coral, right out to the deep, deep blue, where the waves rocked the small boat reminding everyone on board how tiny they really were. Amelie put lines on the hooks made of Nasta's bones and handed the lines to the brothers. One by one, those brothers, all old and bent, tired and haunted, cast those lines. They waited for the storm to erupt, but none did. They waited for the waves to engulf them, but none did. They waited for each one of them to die, but none did. One by one, they caught a fish, big and strong and bright, enough to feed the entire village. The hooks made of Nasta's bones didn't even need bait. The moment they fell into the water, a fish grabbed hold of it like they had been waiting. Soon, Amelie and her great uncles had a boat full enough to feed not only their village, but the neighboring town. But it didn't end there. 
every day, no matter what the weather or how well or ill the brothers felt or how hard they tried to stay on shore, they were compelled to take their boat, put lines on Nasta's bones and fish. One by one, the sea took those brothers. And when the last brother drowned, Amelie took her boat out to the big blue. The sea stayed calm, the waves rippled and rolled, and the sun hung bright and still in the sky. You see, Amelie said quietly, all Nasta wanted was to fish with you. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so be careful who you say no to. <laughs> ah, I don't know. Patience, determination. What is that one about? Ah, oh, you beautiful human being. Come on. Have yourself a perfect day and a perfect week. Go and hug the people you love and encourage the dreams and desires of those around you. Hey, and also drop around to www.tinaconstant.com where you will get all of the shows and all of the shenanigans and everything that's going on. Uh, and if you want to join the fireside where I will let you know when new episodes are posted, there's a link in the show notes for you to do just that. So uh, that's it <laughs> from Waffle Free Storytelling right now. I will see you next time for more weird and wonderful adventures. <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs>